Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a question and answer session that followed my talk about the clan rewards update outlined by Bungie. They're going to be changing some things, streamlining it a little bit, and I outlined some ideas. If you want to tune in live, I might be live right now. Check out twitch.tv slash say no to rage. There should be a link right below if you want to see if I'm live. If I'm not live, click the follow button so you can catch these streams and these Q&A sessions. You might be able to be a part of it. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can always like and share the video as well. That is a free way to support the content. So I'm going to jump right into the questions so we can get through these. We don't have as many questions as normal, so if you want to submit those, submit those now. First question is coming in from Dark Cider says, Do you miss trials? I didn't play that much trials. I just, it wasn't really my thing. I liked playing with others, you know, streamers and buds and, you know, just trying to go to the, to the, to the lighthouse. I miss trials because I think it brought variety to the directory of Twitch. I don't think about trials as a, as a fan of Destiny, as someone who plays Destiny. That's not something that I do. I, I don't, I don't go in there that often. I don't play that often, but I like what it brought to Twitch. It brought variety. It kind of kept destiny on the radar of viewers that ordinarily probably don't watch twitch during the week they watch you know fortnite they're probably watching apex legends they're they're watching a variety of pvp focused games and trials was a way to kind of give them something that was in the lane of their interests on the weekend so in that respect yeah i miss trials and would like to see it come back but i want it to come back and be good i don't want it to come back and be you know, half cocked or not very or, or not good, and you know the meta the meta gets driven by trials a lot of the times as well. So, uh, Toddless Ten, do you think clan rewards should be more rewarding? I have found that over the course of the last several months, my 100 person clan has ceased to exist. What if they gave you 10 free enhancement cores per week for max level? I feel like one is not enough. Well, you got to consider something. I mean, if they go too crazy with clan rewards then they got to make sure that it's really easy to get in a clan. If, if it's, if, if you're giving people enhancement cores out the frickin' waz, I mean, that, that's, that's kind of extreme. I mean, you got to be careful. That's why I focused more on cosmetic benefits. I talked about, you know, being able to design your own emblem and shaders each season for the people in your clan to work toward and earn. I felt like that was that was a better sort of middle ground than saying, "Oh yeah, you're just going to have enhancement cores raining down on your face, and you can uh, you, all you got to do is play the game." You know, you don't want it to be too rewarding, and you also don't want it to be not rewarding enough. Um, so you can receive and accept clan invites in game, right? I was saying streamline it, T Funk, as to say if you're looking for a clan, you go in and you say. Here's the time of day I play. Here's my time zone. I'm looking for a clan. People who are looking for clan members could say, we're looking for clan members. Here's the time of day we largely play. Here's kind of where our time zone resides. And then you you slowly get new members. It's so streamlined. You can go in and see who's online, who's playing at the moment, etc. <clears throat> so if they want to ratchet up the clan rewards, it would need to be a full court press. We're making the clan rewards more rewarding, but we're also making it easier for you to get in a clan so that you don't feel like you're missing out on these dope rewards. And if they don't want to swing that hard, I still think the cosmetic idea is one that they could implement very well, just because, as I said, the color palette for the 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 banners is already in the game. The design elements are already in the game. I don't think it would be that difficult to let us do that. 
Nate929 says, do you think special limited shader would be a good incentive for people to do clan bounties? Well, I mean, I think if you tie it to the levels, I don't think you want to tie it to like a clan bounty. I think clan bounties are fine the way they're going back to. You can have one in each side of the game, PvE, the raid, and PvE, and you got to play with your clan mates. But it's not the primary driver. There's not daily daily clan bounties anymore. There's just those weeklies. And I think as long as you're contributing to that and playing the game, you're raising your clan's level. You know, as your clan's level goes up, you could slowly unlock things like a personalized shader or a personalized emblem. As well as um, do that new every season. Did I say PvE and PvE? Sorry, I think I meant to say PvP. So yeah, I, there's there's one for every segment of the game. Crucible, PvE, and the raid. Uh, community gamers, do you think they should only offer enhancement cores? I mean, mod components can be bought for weapon parts. Cores are needed much more so. What do you think? <clears throat> I still think they need to take enhancement cores out of infusion. Infusion's going to be happening more often for folks, and this idea that it's okay to still have a completely confused economy. I just, it's totally lost on me. It it doesn't make any sense. It isn't good for the game. It's not good for the player experience. You have made leveling so much easier than it used to be, which means naturally you're, you're infusing things more often. And I think that that needs to be a pain point that is met before we get to, before we get, I mean, think about it. There's going to be another level bump as soon as we get into the next season. And if they do that, and they don't give people a way to infuse easily, that's going to be a problem in my opinion. Uh, creepy guy, thank you so much for two months of subs. Welcome back. So, when I when I look at the structure of the game and the economy, that's still in my mind just such a huge dissonance in the game that needs to be addressed. And it's going to become more prominent when, when folks get into the next season. Nobody should be doing what I'm doing either. When you're a hardcore player, I shouldn't be sitting here sitting on 110 cores being like, well, I don't want to use them to masterwork anything because I'm going to need them for infusion as soon as we get into the next season. I just think that's enti- that's just stupid. You have short-circuited the endgame capstone feel. Of, oh, I'm going to I'm going to masterwork this Zenobia. I'm going to masterwork this piece of armor whatever. It just <laughs> I it still doesn't belong in the game. Now, they're not addressing it right now. They said they have no present plans to change it, but that doesn't mean they're not going to. I think the closer we get to next season, the more they're going to look at it. I, they need to stop worrying about the players who have bundles. If I'm sitting on a pile of anything, you, see, you can't worry about me. You can't. <clears throat> You're never going to legislate the game and the rules of how things function and how I get paid out. You're never, ever, ever going to slow me down. And if you succeed in slowing me down, you're going to make it terrible. You will make it terrible for everybody else because they're, they they can't play as much as me. It all staggers down. Like when people were asking me about Anthem and the earn rate of the cosmetics. What I said was, if it's in harmony with the earn rate of the loot, and you're able to get, there's tiers of cosmetics in Anthem, there's green, then there's blue, then there's purple, you know, it goes up. If you're able to get the higher level cosmetics or the mid-level cosmetics at the, at the same rate that you're kind of earning the gear, then that, that, that actually is a spectrum. So if I'm playing hardcore, I'm earning the higher level cosmetics before you are, just like I'm earning the higher level gear. So it trickles down. It works the same exact way. And enhancement cores and infusion, it works the exact same way. It trickles down. I have a ton of enhancement cores. I can play a bunch. And people that maybe don't play a bunch, 
they basically have to change their their play session i've been playing this morning for for close to three hours and i'm just now finishing the last enhancement core bounty why I had to get all the fragments from the go- the ghost fragments. I had to buy all the bounties. Then I had to go and do all of the actual bounties. A lot of them include standing around. If you're a more casual player, that's an entire play session to get a handful. What is it? What is it? Six enhancement cores? Six that I get after doing this? That That's a terrible turnover rate. So there's like a spectrum. It, it, it trickles down. At the rate that you play, you're able to do the things that you want to do, whether you're infusing, leveling up, or master working and capstoning your gear. You're able to do that at the rate that you play. It's in harmony with your investment. And when you have you, when you have this, this strange, confused economy where, oh, you can master the items with masterwork, but the same the same trickle of that economy is also tied to infusion which is basically just about player volition not advancement in the game it's just dumb it 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 doesn't belong in the game i should not be sitting on 110 masterwork cores right now at the rate that i play i should be investing in my gear i should be having these items mastered that's why i think enhancing perks would be really really good too i'm not a big fan of how these gauntlets of the great hunt look so i could go to another another pair of gauntlets that i find that i like the way they look and i could spend enhancement cores to make that hand cannon reloader enhance hand cannon reloader to give me that volition as a player and to make me feel like my time investment is worthwhile instead of sitting on a pile of enhancement cores so i bypass your stupid pain point in the next season it's dumb uh sir smelliot as a player who loves to help not only in my clan but in any way i can whisper shattered throne forge carries uh refer a friend quest what's your favorite way to help out the community in this game i don't really go into content anymore that requires that i don't run raids i don't do raid raffles i don't take people through shattered throne i give people a place to have interactive content it's a hub of content you can come here we can discuss you can get information you can meet the community if you sub you can jump in a clan we have an lfg that's what i provide i provide like a space for you to engage with conversation discussion debate as well as a community that's very helpful with tips tricks guides and they might even jump in and help you out now the reason that we don't do a public clan system or a public lfg system is i'm not going to ask the people in discord to police the general public public there is a public lfg if you would like to use one i don't need to provide one destinylfg.com destinylfg.net 100.io there's plenty of options out there if you're looking for a solution outside of the game i don't feel any sort of imperative to provide that to the general public that's something that we provide for the subs and then i just moved my content away from service because I want to be diverse in that you're here for the content, you're here for SNTR, and I think that's why we're having really good engagement with SNTR Presents in Anthem. We're having good engagement with the podcast where like people are seeing that there's content happening here. I'm not watching somebody take people through a raid. And you know, it's just a very, very different way of uh, of doing content compared to how I used to do content. And I'm enjoying myself more, and I think people are enjoying the content as well. So it's a, it's a it's a perfect it's a perfect marriage. Coach TC21, what would be the top two tips you would give a brand new streamer? Uh, the 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 place that I always make a streamer start when you're brand new, you're brand new streamer, you've never streamed before in your entire life, is you need to 
understand that you will not get any viewers because of the way the website is designed. No one will find you. It's 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 almost impossible. If you told me, hey, I'm streaming such and such a game right now, and I was like, okay, cool. If I'm not using your username and I just go to that directory and I scroll 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 and I scroll, it'll take me an eternity to find you. That's not your fault. You can be very entertaining. It doesn't matter. Now, if you're like, well, what if I play a game where I'm at the top of the directory? Okay, well, if you play a game that nobody's watching and you're at the top of the directory, I still have to scroll and find that game. I have to be naturally interested in that game. If you're playing Diablo 1 or Borderlands 1, games that don't have a general interest right now, there's no relevancy, there's no community showing up every day, you're not going to be really in that lane. So you've got to have that expectation starting out. The reason you want that expectation starting out is I always tell people, stop focusing on trying to grow your stream. You need to grow as a streamer. You need to get comfortable being on camera in front of a microphone. You need to get comfortable constantly talking while you're you're playing. It's actually kind of awkward to constantly be talking or narrating your gameplay. It's abnormal. Now, you may do it a lot when you play with your buds. You get deep into a conversation and a debate about, you know, who's the best Power Ranger or whatever the frick. And if you're doing that, you're doing essentially what a streamer does. You are playing a video game while talking. You have to get comfortable doing that. If you can get into that lane and that mindset, then you're able to take the first question. And the first question is the hardest question of all. It's a question that many successful streamers right now have zero answer to. It's why they get insecure. It's why they get very nervous about their numbers and their metrics. They're constantly obsessing over them. It's why they don't like things like Ninja and Pokimane ads because they think anything that threatens their viewership is a threaten. It's a threaten. It's a threat, I'm sorry, to their relevancy and their solvency on the platform because they have zero clue how to answer this question. Why should anybody watch you? Why? What are you offering? What is it that you're going to do that should make someone sit for multiple hours of their time or an hour of their time or even 20 or 30 minutes? What are you offering? And a lot of you are like, I have no idea how to answer that question. You're in good company. There's very big successful streamers that have zero clue how to answer that question. They have no idea how to answer it. There's a lot of folks that got on the platform when it was vacant, when there was no competition, and they're their hard work interwove inter- got interwoven with the with the rise of the platform and they just grew to a big huge size and to many many people that streamer is twitch to them they just watched that streamer they became a fan of twitch and watching gaming then that streamer was the catalyst that streamer didn't do anything in particular they didn't do anything special they were just there they showed up they worked hard and they were you know they were putting on a show and they can't answer that question so there's a lot of insecurity. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, it gets kind of, everybody's sort of ter- territorial, you know, about streaming. And that's why. So when you answer that question, you're like, how am I going to answer this question? I think the way you answer this question is by doing sort of a profile of yourself. You have to, you have to kind of know yourself. What kind of gamer are you? What kind of games do you like playing? When you play those games, what do you like doing in those games? Uh, what is your opinion on season passes, annual passes, microtransactions, subscriptions? Do you have well-articulated, well-formulated opinions about anything in the gaming world? If you do, okay, if you do, then the next question you ask is, what type of content do I want to create? So why should anybody watch you? 
I have zero freaking clue. Okay, well, do a self-assessment of yourself and of the type of gamer that you are. And then after you do that, let that inform why, what type of content are you going to create? 28 months from Curse Game, thank you. Because if you don't like the content that you're creating, then then what's the point in making it? You have to enjoy yourself. You need to be writing the book or making the movie that you would want to watch. That was what Excessive Profanity, he was quoting, um, I think he was quoting uh, a movie director. He was quoting uh, the, the director for Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs. His name literally just left my brain. I hate when my brain does that. He was quoting him because he was at a he was at a um, he was at a, a movie Tarantino Quentin Tarantino he was at a he was at a seminar and somebody asked him a question you know it's such a saturated market how do we be, how do we become popular or whatever and Tarantino said write Reservoir Dogs make like write the movie make the movie make the book that you would read that you would watch if you can do that then that's when I think you can become passionate about what you're creating and not how many people are watching. And it's, it's very, very difficult to get to that place. That's why so many streamers are just, they're not confident in their value. They're not confident in what they offer. They get mad if somebody else is streaming at a different time because it pushes them down in the directory. They get insular and they raid their close-knit circles of, of, of buddies so they can control the top of directories when new games comes out. Why do they do that? Because they do not have any confidence in their value. They're trying to protect that territory. They're trying to protect what they see is, that's what that's where I have to be. I don't I don't have confidence in my value or my or my content. So I have to I have to become insular and territorial and I have to betray and backbite and get mad about, you know, the ninja and the pokemon ads because that's going to hurt my channel. Your channel's not threatened by those things if you're confident in your value and what you're creating because then you know this is good. There are people that are going to want to see this and if somebody wants to watch somebody else or someone else, then I'm not threatened by that. Now, there's a natural algorithmic reality of, of directories that a lot of them know they can manipulate, and that's why they raid their buddies. It's why they become insular and protect the top of the directory. They do this because they understand the way the platform works. They can limit the growth of other people by controlling the top of the directory, which means they can control the flow of growth. This is why recommending channels is incredibly important, because <clears throat> there are too many streamers that have a firm grasp on how to do that and a lot of other channels never see the light of day. It's not sinister, it's not evil, it's wrong. It makes perfect business sense to protect your dominance and your standing in the market share. It makes sense to do it, but I definitely think they need to start recommending channels more since they have internal data that shows it's more effective for a click and stick rate anyway. People people stay in a channel far more often and far more likely when it's been recommended to them as opposed to, oh, it's just a big channel at the top of the directory. I guess I'll click on this one. So they've gotten really, really good results from recommended channels. So someone in chat saying, I never watch recommended channels. You are one of the numbers in the other percent, but there's a very good percentage of people that click and watch channels that have been recommended to them at a better ratio than where they're just thrown on front page or they're just kind of in a featured position. Because it's based on what the viewer is probably looking for. 
So that's a huge, big, long answer to show you you're staring down the barrel of an absolute like mountain to climb that is an, that is a marathon. It's perilous. It's a slippery slope. There are people along the way that are doing everything they can to keep you from climbing. Not in an evil, mean way. There's not people like out there that are trying to get you, but like everybody's trying to do the same thing. They're trying to get as, as high and as visible as possible, and the natural course of that happening is that folks are folks are de facto pushing you down or intentionally pushing people down with their their control of top of directory. So you gotta you gotta you gotta freaking put the work in and try and do something that nobody else is doing and focus on writing the book that you would read. Soldier on music. Do you think the member cap on a clan hurts the clan system? When the player base thins out, it would be real nice to have double or triple number of clan members so that you didn't have to purge inactive members. Yeah, like, we didn't like having to do that at all. We did not like having to do that as a community. But we had people in clans that were like, I subbed to this channel, you threw me in a clan, and... 80% of the clan hasn't touched the game in a month, so there's nobody for me to play with. We're not getting our clan rewards. So we, we combined it all to combine forces. But if, if we could have just been dumping people into clans, like like one clan, if we could have just been dumping people into that one clan, it would have never been a problem. Or maybe two clans, just dumping two just Xbox clans, just bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Well... If you have 300 people in a clan and half of them go inactive, there's still a ton of people left. So the quantity allowing us to have such a limited amount of, of people in the clans, it did. It made it very, very difficult because what ended up happening is was we expanded. We expanded quantitatively, right? Here's a clan, here's a clan, here's a clan, here's a clan. And each of those clans started to go down in activity. So then we had to pull everybody back together again. I definitely think that hurts the system because what you could do is... You could just jump in a clan. You could just jump in a clan and say, okay, I'm in this clan and I'm playing and then maybe you take a month off. No worries. You can come back. They have no reason to kick you. It's a sizable clan. They're still getting everything done. You're almost under the radar at that point. But when you're a clan of, a, of, of 40, 50, you know, or even 100, you might stand out if you're one of the 20 to 30 people that just stopped playing the game. So I think an increase in clan cap size would be a, a, a wonderful decision. Thank you, uh, Hot Tub, for 16 months, man. Welcome back to the Rageless. Papa Crabman, do you think this should raise the amount a person can contribute each week to a clan? I'm in a smaller, tightly knit clan that uh, that what that doesn't want to get huge and doing everything every week we still find a hard time to level up the clan banner to the higher ranks and I feel that pushes people to join large clans to get all the rewards this is really good feedback that we should provide to Bungie okay this is how it should work your XP requirement should tier up at every level of like every 25 members so at 25 members your required XP should be one fourth of the required amount and then at 50%, it should be 50%. Do you see what I'm doing? And then at 75 members, it's 75%. It should be a ratio of the of the required amount. If you have 10 to 25 members and you're like, we don't really feel like like filling ourselves to the brim with the hundred, the, the XP the XP should stagger down. 100% agree with you on that. Um, I that that seems like an easy. Uh, that seems like an easy easy piece of feedback to me to say. You know, I this this seems like. This seems like we're, we're having a really, really hard time um, even getting these done because you basically have set it up to where 
we we can't even we're not even coming close we don't have enough people and then you're motivating people to do what you exactly said like they're just trying to join an enormous clan so they get free you know free loot free stuff Tyler FC1 I've been playing Destiny since D1 beta and I love the game but I dislike having to go to the forum to get a team together <clears throat> with clans I think it would be better if I could get have multiple clans and only keep one as my main any idea on this well I mean you're really diluting the entire purpose of doing of being in a clan you're really really diluting it I, to me I, I think there needs to be you're in a clan, you're contributing to that clan, not, oh, I'm in multiple clans and I I can I can, I can can do whatever I want, I don't have to pay attention to any of this stuff, I can just hop from clan to clan to clan, I think that like I think that kind of dilutes the investment and in what you're actually contributing and what you like, your mindset about a clan I think is, is getting diluted and even kind of like, oh, it doesn't really matter I'm in eight clans and I just kind of rotate between whichever one I think is the most active I don't think this is a good idea now, your question and the other question about raising the cap rate kind of get at the same thing, but I think it's a better solution to say the clan is significantly bigger, so if you have activity loss as a clan it's not detrimental to everybody else's experience oh, we have 300 members and 200 members decided they're not really playing anymore that's okay. We got a hundred people still regularly playing. Right now, it's like if you have a hundred people in a clan and two thirds stop playing, sixty six, you're down to thirty three. That's not a lot of people, especially if you consider time zones, day of the week, schedules, all that. It really gets hard to line up with folks. So that would that would be that would be my that would be my pushback. I absolutely hate this strike. I can't stand the fight at the end. Um, the, the immunity just makes me want to pull my hair out. Uh, Leviathan says the changes for XP are for the better in SOD. Oh, and Season of the Drifter. Sorry. And I like it. But do you think it still kind of forces players to play a certain way? Getting Masterwork Cores for rank four weeklies uh, when non clan members don't get those. How do you balance between the two? I mean, as Masterwork Cores, the enhancement cores that you're going to get from the. from that clan weekly it there's no way it's going to be a ton i would say two to five maybe so i would think i don't know i would think that that's not something to really worry about like it's not forcing you to play in a certain way there's a pve a pvp and a raid weekly you could do one of them or two of them you don't have to do all of them and again it's not forcing you if you really need enhancement cores there are ways to go get them now again I think enhancement cores should be only used for the mastery of an item. Raising a perk from regular hand cannon reloader to enhanced hand cannon reloader. The mastery of an item by turning it masterwork. I think that's a better system because then it makes sense. It's like, you want to you wanna do this very narrow and specific endgame thing? Well, then you need to you, you need to go and get these enhancement cores. But when it's like, oh, you want to infuse your gear, a pretty basic function in the game with respect to player volition yeah you need to go do these bounties from drift from spider and you can't even get them right away you have to you have to basically get a separate currency by doing activities on the tangled shore and then you got to go and do the bounties and the bounties themselves a lot of time are going to have you just standing around doing nothing i mean like i said i it took me 
It took me close to three hours this morning, and I'm playing casually, and I'm stopping, and I'm ranting and raving, but, like, I had to get, you know, what is it? It was, it's, it's 15 plus 6. It's like 21. If you want to buy all of his bounties, Spider's bounties for the enhancement cores, it's, I think it's 21. You don't, skip the one that gives a powerful ingram. You don't need that one unless you're unless you're going for max level, right? So you can skip right over that one. And so you need 21 to get all those. So you got to get 21 fragments from the Tangled Shore. After you're done getting the 21 fragments, now you need to do all the bounties. Half of the bounties aren't specific locations. Literally half. So half of the bounties are stand here and wait for this HVT to spawn. And if he spawns and somebody else kills him, well, then you got to wait again. Yeah, you're making people do that so they can have a currency to infuse. It's just it's just so so silly. It does not belong in it does not belong in the game. I think I think they need to change it. Twitch Mobile is bad now. Viewership's been up and down today a lot. We're having big chunks of people drop. I think that the mobile is having an issue. My my mobile next to me has gone black screen a couple times today, like completely black screen, like goes to the lock screen. And like the, the app times out. And we've had big, big viewership drops, like 20 or 30 people, and then they come back in. I feel like whenever that happens, people are refreshing because they're having problems. Like, that's typically what the viewership behavior is when that's going on. Um, Winterfell with uh, 29 months. Cumulative subs is back, dude. Thank you for 29. Uh, Seems like just yesterday I found you on Twitch. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Um... Syrian uh, says, I would like to see scaled rewards based upon participation. I have a clan member that has completed more than 6,000 public events. He deserves something for his efforts. What do you think about having rewards set into a hierarchy? Well, and see, this is where, again, they could just be smart about the implementation. It's a really, really, it's, I like what they've done, but they need to, they need to expand upon it. And I think you just touched on another thing they could consider doing. They could consider saying, hey, um, your here's here's how much is required you guys have a clan that's 25 members okay you need to get this much xp not as much xp as a hundred person clan you need to get less okay and for every for every five percent that you contribute to that number you get an increase in something right you get an increase in in drops you get an increase in uh you get an increase in something every five percent and so that way you have that feeling of, oh, I contributed more this week. I contributed 25% of the entire XP amount that we had to submit. You know, and, and that means I get, you know, I get X, Y, and Z. Now that might be a little less rewarding when you're in a really big clan because getting, you know, getting into the higher echelons of XP contribution is going to be hard because the bigger clans are going to tend to hit the, the XP a lot faster. So... What are the new clan rewards? They're switching it to where at rank three, you get mod components from the weekly bounties at rank four. You'll get enhancement cores from the weekly bounties. And at rank six, you will get a fourth weekly bounty. So they're doing away with the daily, the daily bounties. And they're saying there's weeklies and then they're tying rank rewards to those weeklies. They're also changing it. So you can just play the game to up, like get clan XP. You don't have to do the daily bounties. You literally will will update and get clan XP for your clan just by playing. So, the secondary I'm using is the Telesto because it's void burn. Fuzz bounce. Do you think they should remove not the weekly XP cap overall, 
but the amount of single the amount of XP a single player can contribute this would help smaller clans level up as if they had very active players they can contribute more than inactive ones for instance I'm fairly small friend clan and play at 30 plus hours a, a week but can contribute only as much as someone who plays for five. Oh, I see what you're saying yeah so like let you contribute more yeah, I mean, that kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with what we just said, because then you could even have, like, reward structure tied to it to motivate people, like, hey, every 5% that you contribute, you are, you're, you're gonna get, you're gonna get a, a bump in your drops or something. Well, if you do that, then I think that you would, you would also then have to let people do more than a, a capped amount. You'd have to let people do... Like I want to be able to contribute more. You're capping how much I can contribute. I think that's a good. That's that's more good feedback. Uh, Mike W Apex, do you see it possible uh, and cool for the devs to add a clan social space, be it a standard area for every clan or three different designs, where it would be upgraded aesthetics wise by completing certain activities? Um, oh, like you get your own social space? Yeah. I mean, the problem with that is, is what do you do with the tower then? you'd have to instance into a tower location that would change its appearance for you and your clanmates. I'm I'm not against that. Maybe like this 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 page here could have its own design in the background, you know? I don't know. I don't think that's a huge deal. I think the shaders, I think the shaders in the emblem idea would get a lot more traction with people. They'd say, "Hey, you know, look at this cool stuff you can get on your player. Making somebody instance into a location to do what? Like, look at the couches that you designed? I I don't know. Social space would be where to add an, uh, an LFG in your clan in-game. Right, like, another thing they could do is if they don't add your social space idea, because that's true, you turn it into LFG, I should be able to go in here and post, uh, why can I not post an LFG ping? Right? So I should open this up, this menu, and if someone has pinged the LF, the LFG in the clan, there should be a little a little number down here, a little a little thing telling me, oh hey, my clan's trying to do something right now. That's another thing that you should put in the game. Oh what? I just what was that noise? Oh your clan's trying to do something. Oh okay. So you go and you check it. And you're like, oh you're trying to do a raid right now? Yeah man, I'll jump in. Sweet, you know. So a clan house with raid things like bust of bosses. Yeah, that'd be cool too. I mean, that's, that's obviously a, a little bit more elaborate and something they'd have to maybe do down the road. You go into your, your, your clan is once you beat, you know, scourge of the past so many times you get like a trophy in the room that looks like the boss or something just as a, just as a trophy to the, the you know, the clan's hard work. I could get behind that big time. Um, there's a lot they could do with this. I think initially they could, what I always try to do is promote ideas that they could put into the existing lanes. Instead of building a new house, like use the existing clan page to let people put a post. Let people say that they're trying to raid. Let people say they're trying to run a nightfall, whatever. A lot of this could tie, could tie together as a nice bow as a fix to the problem of like the lack of matchmaking for nightfalls and stuff because you could go in and say we've made it easy for you to get into clans and you put what time of day uh, you put what time of day that you're going to be playing and we'll put you in a clan that, that centers around that time of day and then when they do that they they land on you getting with people that would be perfect for LFG then as well Oh, okay, cool. So when I put LFG postings for this clan, I'm likely to find folks that are gonna that are gonna be able to play with me. Streamer loot? Well, yeah. I mean, if I needed it, <laughs> who needs that? Um, I'm trying to just go through and see if I have any scrapper bounties. 
Tfunk says, number one, how difficult would it be to have verified clans once you reach max? And once you get verified, you can upload your own image to the banner. Also thinking a shader uh, with the rageous emblems. <laughs> if you tie it to how many people are in the clan, I don't know. I feel like people would just fill a clan to get... You know what I'm saying? I feel like people would just fill the clan to get the stuff. And then that'd be kind of the end of it. The... You know, they'd almost go about it arbitrarily. I'm not against the idea. I just wonder if people would actually interact with it in the right way. Now, maybe instead of being verified by numeric, like how many people are in your clan, tie it to like what we just said. Like, oh, here's the here's the bust of Callus because we killed him so many times as a clan. In a similar vein, you could say, oh, if you do X number of things as a clan, you can earn, you know, you can earn these 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 things, a picture for your background, etc. Unsung says, as an exotic, the Rat King has some really cool perks, invisible after reloading and the obvious damage buff when everyone in the fire team is using it. But on the other end of the spectrum, the Aeon Exotic Arms family is absolute garbage. Do you think having more fire team based exotics would be a good thing? After playing Anthem, I don't think Bungie wants to go this route. I think the I think there is complementary stuff that you can do with a tether and with the bubble and with rally barricades and rifts and you know there's there's abilities you can use that are complementary. But I don't know if you want to start creating gear and kits and loadouts that then oh if everybody's using this thing we get a benefit. I, I like the feeling in Anthem when I land a combo and you land a combo and we, we, we structured our builds to do that beforehand. This game doesn't feel like that's kind of in the lane of how it functions. So it's like, well, wait, let's all put on this exotic or that exotic and then we all get, like, what? Like a buff or something? I don't know. And somebody in chat saying that's just more things to balance, right? I think it's a little bit easier to balance individual guardians when you introduce exotics uh, than when, if you're just going to say this many exotics gets this benefit or that benefit I don't necessarily think it's a bad idea to have exotics like that I just worry about it being sort of like, as I said you know in the identity uh, in the identity of the game we you, you can I think you can start to try to pull things from other games that feel out of place and I'm not saying that then you don't do them um, I just feel like people wouldn't necessarily be super incentivized by it. They'd be like, okay, so I have to wear this and my teammates have to wear this too. And if we all wear this, we get what? Like a marginal benefit. If you make it a super strong benefit, then you're going to turn it into like a required loadout thing. So I, I don't, I don't like that feel. I, I got to wear something cause you're going to wear something. I don't, if you're going to use an ability and I'm going to use an ability and those abilities come together in nice harmony, that's different than me changing my loadout to match yours. Toddler says, do you think when they bring back trials, it should be completely curated? Everyone has the same weapons. This idea gets thrown out a lot. And I think that they learned a very good lesson when they tried to do required loadouts for the prestige raid layers. They learned that people don't like it. Uh, I, in a loot-based game, no one likes being told, uh-uh, nope, can't use that, gotta use this instead. Nobody likes to be told that. This isn't this isn't a game with, with default loadouts. This isn't a game where you you can't equip any other guns. This is it. Th- this is a game where you can come in with any any crazy loadout you can come up with. And 
I actually think that's part of the game's charm, but it's also it's 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 got an it's got a it's got an evil side, right? You go into the crucible and you have to play against a smattering of equipable items, and it can be frustrating when you go up against items that either seem imbalanced, unfair, or difficult to counter, or whatever. You know, whatever your criticism of a given item or gun is, I think that's just part of destiny, you know? That's just part of this, just part of the game, man. And I don't like it, and that's why I don't play Crucible. And I feel like a lot of people over the years have gotten addicted to something that at its core, they don't they don't appreciate or like the identity of the game. They constantly kind of want to neuter Crucible down into just a normal shooter. If you took if you took the Crucible into a curated loadout area, then the next question would be certain supers, certain abilities, certain grenades are too strong. And then you'd have to then you'd have to neuter neuter and nerf those as well. And if you do that, then again, you're you're basically just slowly over time eroding away at the identity and the soul of Destiny to build some super balanced, I guess, sci-fi shooter or something. So Banjo TK, should the clan members that actually do the activity get a special clan Ingram? Like, if they got the raid Ingram for the clan, they get raid gear from it, and everyone else still gets Vanguard. Pardon me. I don't I don't have a problem with this, because that's like an extra drop. But then it just becomes a race in the clan, right? Then it just becomes a race. So it says, you tell people, Whoever whoever earns this, you know, whoever does this, you get a claim, you you get the you get the the raid. So then you'd have people racing. Now that's not a problem. I guess that would promote that. But then like you'd have clan members that aren't home on Tuesday and they'd be kind of miffed. They're like, oh, you get something extra, you know. And I'm not saying that's like a big deal, but that's that's an extra piece of raid drop. That maybe what it does is it, anybody who completes the raid, as long as they don't pick up the raid ingram. If they complete the raid, when they pick up the raid Ingram, it gives them a raid item, basically saying you weren't first, but you were you were good to go and do the raid. We're going to convert your raid Ingram into a raid item. Um, you know, I could I could see doing something like that. They might not have the internal structure to nuance it though. I think they kind of unify the drop, and so that might be pretty that might be difficult to do. I'm not excusing it and saying that it should stay as is. Like, you earn the the Ingram for everybody. I mean, if we're honest, the clan Ingram doesn't even function once you're at max level. You know, so if you're running a lot of raids and you're earning you're earning the raid Ingram for your team, you're pro- if, like, this is your concern, you probably don't want the powerful Ingram, which is why you're saying what you're saying. And I think that that's totally fine. But I think sometimes it's like, do you need a reward for every single thing you do in the game? You went into the raid and you got something. So I'm not against your idea. I, I don't know if they could implement it again because, like I said, I think they change those rewards globally. Um, maybe what she could do is she could give you two rewards. Anybody who does the raid in a given week can get, like, a token from her. And then you take that to... And again, you'd probably, I guess, need a raid NPC, right? You know, you take that and turn that in for an extra raid item. They kind of introduced that with her anyway with the raid challenges. You get the bounty from her. You do that bounty. It's an extra raid drop. So they've kind of already given you what you want. There's a chance for you to get an extra raid item every week. Dan Papa says, Lono, if you are right about the time travel reset going into D3, what would you make us, uh, what would make us so important to kidnap? Uh, what if instead... 
of Aldrin, we got Vanguard title because we killed Aldrin. Um, I mean, Aldrin's back, so that's not what you're saying is unlikely. He's back, so I don't think they're going to, like, make us Vanguard. Plus, that doesn't jive with our existence in the game. Our existence in the game is that we pick... We're three. We're actually three different guardians. So, which of your guardians would be in the vanguard? Like, how would how would you do that? That would be my question. Are, are we all are all of my characters basically in the tower and seen as a vanguard? Uh, that'd be weird. I, suddenly having that role shift. I, I'm not really sure where they would take that. I'm not against it. I'm just trying to think of like. Okay, where where would they take this? Why would I be a vanguard? Why would that be better for my experience? I think time travel would be cooler because it'd be a really cool way to kind of put a bow on everything that happened. Like, who is this stranger? What is she doing? Why is she, you know, why is she disappearing? Who is she talking to? We get a lot of those questions answered, and they could add some, you know, they could add some cool depth and say, you know, she's been in a she's been in a time war with the Vex, and we have to we have now she's figured out a way to bring us back to put a stop to it. You know, she could even say something like, you know, you could you could basically say, like, why would you time travel? Why would you wait this long? Why would you let all these bad things happen? And she could say, you know, I ran simulations with uh, with um, with Osiris and we saw that you needed to be properly motivated and seeing like Zavala and and Ikora die. I'm speculating here, right? If we see Zavala and Ikora die and then time freezes and she pops out, she could tell us, like, we ran simulations, and this was the only one where you would work with us. This was the only one where you were open to the idea. You needed to be properly motivated. We had to wait until, a, like, a bottom-of-the-barrel moment for you to, you know, join us in this in this, in this this fight or whatever. Uh, OMG Panda, data released a video about Destiny's lack of endgame grind. Main point, endgame right now is getting to 650 and the rest is just shallow achievements. Steve's speedrun selectivity solution, diverse stat-based gear that may require extreme gear game overhaul. Min-max, your thoughts. I love Datto, but that ain't coming to Destiny 2. Now, they could add that in the future, and I have no problem with that. We're already getting a glimpse into how that's a great quality point for Anthem. Um... So the Q&A is going to get a little funky right now because I need to pull over my whisper. I, you know, so I, I like when he has ideas like this because I think he usually sees the same things I see a lot of the times about shallowness. He usually is better at articulating like solutions. And I articulated a solution that I thought they could do right now. I think his solution is more like long term. They could build this, they could build this for uh, Destiny 3. And if they build this for Destiny 3, you know, it could add a lot of depth where, you know, stat diverse gear and min-maxing would be a part of the grind. And we've, we, you know, we've heard they're going towards more classic RPG style anyway, right? We've, we've, we've heard that. I think something they could add right now is, now this may be more complicated than I understand it. Dark Knight, thank you for 26 months. Wicked Out, thank you for 24 months. Nice gold badge for you there, man. That's a long time. Welcome back. I think they should let you do something that they let you do in Anthem. Now, I'm not trying to turn Destiny into Anthem, but we've talked about Difficulty Spectrum before. Before I ever touched Anthem, we've talked about this. When I go on patrol, a strike, if I'm doing bounties, if I'm doing the forge, I should be able to set the encounters to 650. So it's difficult. It's hard. The enemies are hurting me. It's not super, super easy. Okay? If they do this, 
what they could do as a part of this is when you go on the menu and it shows you raising uh, the difficulty, it would show you and say exotic drop chance increases by, you know, let's say you go to 625. You know, exotic drop rate chance bumps to 5%. 650, it jumps to like 10%. And then I'm able to farm for exotics. I'm basically going out into the world. I'm doing everything I can. All of the milestones then when I complete them could have a chance here to to, to help me out. So then, this is, a, this is a quality point for Anthem. That's why I call it the spiral staircase. You're going up the spiral staircase. You're doing the same content loop, but the difficulty is getting harder and harder. And that comes with reward you're bringing the whole game with you the game is always relevant to you in anthem whether you're going into free play doing a contract doing a world event doing it with it once the shaper storm starts showing up i could go down into a dungeon those hidden areas that are out in free play i could be doing a stronghold Anything I shoot, anything I do in Anthem, I can set it at the difficulty level that's appropriate to how strong I am and get drops accordingly. And in Destiny, when you look at this director and you see me week in, week out, leave it covered in milestones, it's dissonant. There's a a mistake has been made in the design of this game. I mean, how many milestones do we have? One, two, three, four, five... Actually, there would be five, six, seven, eight, uh, nine, ten, eleven. There's actually a couple in the tower. So what? Tw- uh, eleven, twelve, thirteen. It's I don't know. It's somewhere between thirteen and fifteen milestones a week, and there's zero reason to do them once you're max power. Zero. The the way you make Destiny feel like the game's always coming with you. Every NPC should have bounties like Ada that you can't do until you're max power, and those rotate every week. Every milestone should look completely different with its reward structure, incentive, and all of it once you get max power. All of it should shift and tip over, and then once you're max power, all of your drops should be max power, max power anyway. Well, I gotta go do my milestone so I can have some loot diversity and use some infusion to raise my weapons. Ah, that's silly. No, everything should just drop at 650 once you're at 650. Leveling should be so much more simplified anyway. Everything you're doing should give you a a level bump. The harder the content, the bigger the level bump. The milestone should give you bigger level bumps. Prime should give you bigger, bigger level bumps. But if you're doing like a lost sector, an adventure, or a public event... It should give you a little level bumps. Just everything's raising your level. Who the frick cares? Once you're max power, the whole game should change for you. Two months from Vicious Spell and Dixie Whistler with 13. Welcome back. So, all of a sudden, there's bounties you can do. There's difficulty settings that you can change to farm for exotics. There's all this stuff because you're dragging the game with you. Fleas with 15 months. Thank you so much. Bungie has always struggled with this. You look at this map, you look at these locations, the adventures, the lost sectors, the strikes, the daily missions, the nightfalls, Gambit, Crucible, the stuff that happens in the Dreaming City, uh, the bounties for the Tangled Shore, all of the NPCs, the flashpoints, the the bounties that you have to do for Ikora, uh, the forges, all that. You look at, it's so much stuff. It's all quantitatively so full and 90% of it doesn't matter when you get to the end game. 
It's such a misuse of capital. It is such a misuse of capital. They could take this game and it would be difficult. I'm not saying they could just like flip a switch. But I think in an instant, they could say everything is now relevant. You can set everything to a difficulty spectrum and rewards go up when you set the difficulty spectrum. You could run a strike, you could run a story mission, you can run you can run public spaces at 650 and your your gear drops are higher. When you do that, you can do bounties for the NPCs that reward you with a specific weapon. Like I've always said, I would farm Devrim K for a old fashioned, a year two old fashioned. I would grind I would grind IO for a full armor set. If I could get if I could get the perks that I wanted and go for the perks that I like and, and then put mods on them, etc., I would do that. And if it increased my chances and it increased the rate at which I got them by turning the world difficulty up to six fifty, I would do that. Suddenly, when I look at this this map, I see loot pursuit everywhere. I see it everywhere. And I would say, oh, I'm going to chase this. I'm going to chase that. This week, okay, everybody's loot. Everybody, all the NPC stuff, sh- you know, shifts every week. And now they've got this stuff to chase. Well, I already got my gauntlets from IO. And this week's gauntlets, I'm going to ignore IO. But Titan... Titan has the Mananan, and I really want to farm for a Mananan. It's a great scout. You can get a really, really nice roll on it. If Bungie did this, if every planet brought brought back a handful of weapons and had random rolls, you could pursue them with Ada's bounties, and then they had a pinnacle roll, add some crazy strong perk to the Mananan, where if the curated roll drops, it's god tier like Onslaught on the Breakneck. I'm... I'm telling you, like, they have the weapons, they have the NPCs, they have the containers, they have everything they need to make this game twice as big as it is right now. Suddenly you care about adventures, lost sectors, public spaces, strikes, story missions, you care about all that stuff. Well, why would I care about strikes and daily missions, Lono? Savala would have bounties that matter with you. And if you crank up the difficulty in the strikes, they suddenly feel different. They play different because it's not easy. It suddenly feels like endgame content with the burns and 650 power. But when you do that, you're grinding for a weapon. You're grinding for something. Maintaining. They, they mistreat the content to a certain degree. The whites, the greens, the blues, they're cannon fodder. The story mission, burn through, nobody cares about it. We don't replay any of it. The Baron fights were brilliantly crafted for Forsaken, and we don't freaking touch them. Why? Why are they not there to grind as many times as I want for those specific drops that they drop? They're just not there. And they were some of the funnest fights I've ever played in Destiny. And there they sit. There they sit. The brilliantly crafted, brilliantly, amazingly fun awesomely built barren fights they're just sitting in a freaking dustbin like listen I give them a pass to a certain extent they took a big barrel and they loaded it with buckshot and they're like forsaken boom and they just tried to give us tons of stuff to do great good job now drill down drill down in all these containers all these NPCs all these loot pools like why are we why are we not replaying or doing some of these things why is so much of the game not matter? If they can if they can if they can master that, if if the bandwidth, if the development and the teams that are working on this game are able to do a lot of the things I'm talking about. I could be talking about all this stuff and they'd put me on a big screen in Bungie and they'd be like, "That all sounds great. We don't have freaking time for that." Okay, maybe they don't have time for it. But if they did, I think they could I think they could reinvent this entire game. You know? 
Too many people cry about everything being difficult. Well, then they can shut the frick up and play everything on easy and get a lower drop rate. You know what I'm saying? That's the brilliance of its difficulty spectrum. It's too hard. Well, play everything at 600 and shut up and you'll get a lower drop rate. I'm playing at 650, you baby, and I'm getting more stuff than you. That's not fair. Are you... Who are you? Who is this person? I don't think some of these people even exist. I think they just like to go and complain. I think they're fake sometimes. So... That's a big, 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 super long answer to like Datto saying we need more stat, you know, driven gear for min-maxing. They can't do that in this current game. They can't do that in this current game. I, like I said, I love Datto. I love what he brings to the table. And I think his idea is like a is like a down-the-road idea. He would probably agree with me here. I don't think they can revamp the entire gear system of Destiny 2. That's a Destiny 3 idea, and I hope he gets his way. I think that adds a lot of grind and a lot of longevity. Right now, they are sitting on an absolute mountain of gear that could be repurposed. Just go, just look at auto rifles, just for a second. Just auto rifles, okay? One drop in the bucket of the loot pool. How many guns in here could be brought up to year two... Given a pinnacle version with a cool curated role, it doesn't have to be better than the Midnight Coup. It doesn't have to be better than the Onslaught on 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 the Breakneck. Just make it match that efficiency. Make them cool, fun, and unique, and make them match that efficiency. I know you can't break Crucible, but screw Crucible to a certain degree. Okay, bring the Duty Bound to year two. Look at all these guns. Look at all of them. Let's ignore the faction guns and the trials guns, okay? Origin story, half dan, scathlock, okay? Then you got the doubt. Oh, I think the doubt is a is a faction weapon. Duty bound, foregone conclusion. The galliard, the Zhangxi, the perseverance, the martyrs make, the the Braytech winter wolf. We're just in auto rifles, by the way. The Solemn Hymn, the Uriel's Gift, the, uh, the Valkadin came forward. Uh, number and Restoration, those are faction weapons. That's a trials weapon. Positive Outlook, I think, is a... Positive Outlook, Medley, Null Calamity, the the Kibu, the... The Hollow Earth is a faction weapon. That's just auto rifles. How many did I list? Ten? I mean... That's just auto rifles. You have scouts, pulses, hand cannons, submachine guns, sidearms. Then you have all the all the all the green weapons: shotguns, grenade launchers, fusion rifles, sniper rifles. Then you have swords, grenade launchers, rocket launchers, linear fusion rifles, machine guns. Well, machine guns are, are just this j- just this era of the game, so I shouldn't have included that. If and I'm just looking at weapons, by the way. There's also all of the really cool armor sets. So you could go again, like I said. So you go to the open world and you look at the armor set for. Nessus, Titan, EDZ, IO. Like I have I think this is one of the coolest helmets in the game, actually. I love this helmet from IO. I love the I love the IO um, art aesthetic. I think it's really, really cool looking. So I could grind for an entire set of IO stuff because you'd be rotating the IO armor in Asher's loot. And I could have a greater maybe maybe I can't have that specificity of grind unless I up the difficulty. You just have buckets and buckets and buckets of loot that could be brought forward, given relevancy, giving a reason to chase. Oh, but if it's not stronger than my Midnight Coup or my Breakneck, I don't care. So what? Like, you're one of many. I think there's tons of people that would say, I loved that weapon. I'm going to grind for the for the curated role on fill in the blank, dude. So many guns, so many things. I'm going to go for an Old Fashioned. I'm going to go for a Uriel's. I'm going to go for a Mananan. I'm going to go for just fill in the blank. 
there's so many weapons that they could bring forward and then that would just that's that's literally free loot pursuit the yeah the scathe lock dude come on the lincoln green i would grind for a god roll lincoln green dude i would such a fun weapon just the sound and it's super shoot super fast it's like it feels really light you know I happen to think they're going to do this in some degree or another. Repurposing all that gear and giving it year two treatment seems like an absolute gimme. If they don't do it, I will be completely and utterly shocked. If they don't, if they don't copy paste Ada's bounty system where each week she's got a bounty for a weapon that you can go chase that week and do it as many times as you want. If they don't take that idea and put it everywhere in the game, I'm going to be at a loss for words. It's such a smart system such a smart system they could do that with the drifter they could do that with zavala they could do that with Shax. they could do that with ikora and her memories so much loot pursuit and then guess what you're doing you're not getting burned out because you're not doing forge 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 what's this week forge 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 i don't have a problem with the forge grind but when there's nothing else to do if one week there's a gambit weapon that you kind of just have to like, oh, I don't really like gambit, but I really want a good trust, you'd go after it. You know, and then another week you're like, I really don't like crucible, but man, oh man, I really want to get a good roll on this weapon. I'm going to suffer through the crucible. Next week, Zavala's got something that you want. Next week, EDZ. Next week, the Forge maybe has something in rotation that you want. Week to week, you're prioritizing different activities and you're not getting burned out. That's the problem with leaving behind so much of the game. Instead of the end game being, here is the game, you can run through any one of these loops. You can run through the forge, you can do strikes, you can do this, you can do that, you can you can run through the EDZ. If all these different circles that you could decide to loop through for a given day or play session, they're all there for you. That's not what happens. It just moves like this. You're grinding this. Oh well here's here's you know, here's uh here's a DLC, now you're grinding this. Here's the annual pass thing, and the circle's a little bit smaller. Now you're just grinding forges. Do you see what's happening? Instead of having a bunch of circles that you have to pick between which, oh, what loop am I running this week? You're like, this is the only loop. This is why people got so bad, so mad about the uh, the, the last word quest. They're not, there's nothing for them to do. So they're like, well, the only thing for me to chase right now is the last word quest. And they complained about it because there's just a vacancy in the game. If they were busy chasing tons of different loot and tons of different items in the game, I don't think they would have cared about the last word quest. Thank you, uh, Vanity, for two months of subs. Welcome back. Yeah, the blind well. What if, what if Petra had you know, bounties every week that you could grind for her stuff of, you know, a waking vigil or a tiger spider or whatever. And you could go grind, you know, blind well to get, you know, guaranteed, a guaranteed drop. That's why the forge became so popular for a lot of people. I think, cause you know what you're getting. You just keep running it. Boom. It spits out the hand cannon. Keep running it. Boom. Spits out the hand cannon. I think people like that. People really, really like that. It's it's just, it's clear what you're getting. It's clear what you're doing. There's no question. It's, it's you know how long it takes you to do it. So it's just easy to kind of shut your brain off and look forward to the roll. And I think that's when destiny shines. Uh, Scalf says, why, uh, what do you think could be done to Gambit to help freshen up and diversify the activity? They need to get rid of PVP. Or completely reinvent invasion, and that's going to take a lot longer. I think the game mode 
I mean, everybody's entitled to their opinion, but I just think Gambit, I just think Gambit's terrible. I think the PvP aspect of it ruins it. There's just too many things about the PvP and invasion that is it just it completely it completely sullies the experience. I, it just it just pulls it right down in into a frustrating. It's just frustrating. I don't know. I to me in Season of the Drifter in Joker's Wild, I hope that the pinnacle version of Gambit, I hope the pinnacle version is doesn't have PVP in it and it's like a PVP, you know, oriented engagement. That's what I hope. That that's my wish for 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 Gambit in in that. Because I know they said it's not all Gambit, but it's it's definitely going to be centered around it. So if they got rid of wall hacks, see, I've been down this lane before. I mean, my bullet points on invasion are, it should be, there should be three relics you choose between a melee relic an explosive relic and a sniping relic. Each relic gives you different levels and intervals of wall hacks, and it gives you different amounts of overshield depending on what they feel is appropriate. So the melee one, you would probably justifiably get more overshield because you're having to get close to the players and, and travel more distance. Sniper would get the least amount of overshield. The explosion one would be more in the middle. It's more of like the easy go-to. Invasion points need to be random uh, because if not, you're just going to get sniped as soon as you go over. Uh, invasion intervals should be more spread out once the boss comes out. Um, in, invasion is so easy to to do that it turns the tide of an entire game and on top of that on top of that you also have folks that it in an in an instant can just shut your invasion down so like you don't even get a chance to invade so like there's not a lot of counters to the most influential things in the game the most influential thing in the game invasion uh, like I've said before, if you ever watched, you know, guys like Crafty and Giggs and Wish You Luck and Grenader Jake play Trials and win 2v1s and 3v1s, you're like, oh my gosh, what a play. That turned the tide of the game. Well, the amount of skill it took them to do that is massive. The amount of skill it takes somebody to go over with the Queen Breakers and wipe a team, it's a, it's a freaking joke. I'm not real Crafty. Lots of people are not real crafty, but when you are real crafty in Gambit virtually every time you invade, then there's a freaking problem. So, and it's and it, it's super influential. If you race to 25 and invade and wipe the team, that's it. You probably just won that round. Oh, that's not true. Run the odds. Run the math. I guarantee you if they ran the math and they said first invasion gets a multi-kill, how many of those games go as a, it turn into a comeback? Almost none. Almost none. Now, conversely, if they camp the invade points and you invade and they kill you instantly, there is no rebuttal to that. They can now sit on their 25 invade, wait till they're close to 50, they can invade, shut you down, shoot you when you're trying to bank to get to your 50, and then they kill you. And then as soon as they leave, guess what they can do? They can come right back in and double invade. That's the only time you can like actually not be the first person to invade and have and have a bit of a comeback. But there's no rebuttal to that. If you're the team that invades and you get killed right away literally as soon as you get in there's no there's no rebuttal you're just dead as soon as you land and now they're in the position of power so invasion is it's just i don't even know the word for it it's just freaking cheesy it's super super powerful it's arcadish it's like it's like handing 
It's like handing the baby the controller when you get a tactical nuke in Call of Duty. And you're like, all right, baby, come on. Come on, push the button. Push it. There you go, D-pad. Yay, we won the match. And it, that's all it took was like the lowest level of skill required. And, the, and then you win. Like that's, it's just corny. It's too much power in the hands of even the most mediocre player. By the way, I'm not knocking players that go over and light gambit and get good invasions, but admit that you're not doing that in the Crucible for a reason. You're not that good. (laughs) You're not wiping teams in the Crucible. There's too much in your corner. So, there's a lot that just with invasion, I haven't even talked about the stupidness of the boss fight. Like, I just, there's layers upon layers upon layers as to why gambit is just not that great of a game mode. The boss fight should almost every time be like the meatball boss fight. There should be mechanics. There should not be a two-second melt. Since they gave us assurances they were going to mitigate our ability to melt bosses, that's not true. That They even called it, here comes the melt, in their Gambit stream, their Gambit live stream. I guess they just gave up on mitigating the melt, and they're like, here comes the melt, and the boss's health bar goes like this, chunk, 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 dead. What the frick kind of a back-and-forth battle is that? Here comes the primeval. Get over there and melt him in two seconds. What? I killed him faster than I... The TTK on the boss is the same as, like, the majors and the HVTs that show up? What in the frick? It's stupid. It... I don't know. The meatball fight is probably the best fight because there's a back and forth. But the meatball fight can be super annoying because of the, the, the rhythm at which people invade. Now... Here's the problem. Everything I just rattled off is just huge. That's intrinsic to the entire experience of Gambit. Invading, when you can invade, how strong you are while invading, wall hacks, queen breakers, boss's health, interval of the boss fights, interval of invasion during the boss. Oh, let's not leave out the fact that you can put on mods that literally feed you heavy every grenade kill that breaks the game too. There is just, I mean, that's a mountain of problems. And here comes Season of the Drifter with Gambit as more than likely the centerpiece, not the only piece, but it's going to be the centerpiece. The new Gambit activity's got to be similar to the Forges. That's a lot, man. That's a lot of, uh, that's a lot of stuff. So, what are our Nightfalls this week? Oh, Warden of Nothing. What in the heck? Is this real? Is seven nightfalls real? Did they do this because of all the problems lately? Or is this a, is this something that they said in the TWAB? I don't remember reading this. This is a great change. This is a fantastic change. For all the people that... Only three on PS4? It was just three for me? This has got to be a glitch. That would be such a great change. Let me change characters. I just got a bunch of people's hopes up. I'm really, really sorry. <laughs> I'm really, really sorry. That's probably not... That's probably not how it's supposed to work. I'm on PS4 and there's seven. All right, hang on a second. Let's 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 take a look here. All right. Let's tweet this out. Okay. Sorry for those of you listening to Q and A. I want to ask Bungie if this is uh, if this is real. Oh, for Pete's sakes. Um. I need to go back to SNTR. And let's do this. Uh, Two-factor authentication, dudes. 
Seven for me too. All right, hang on a second. Yo, Bungie, this is a great change if it's intentional. All right, let's get back to it for the sake of the people listening in the other locations. Yeah, that's a great change for the for for the sake of for the sake of people that are trying to get nightfall stuff. Um, <laughs> uh, DM Dylan replied to nearest. They're looking into it now. Oh, I think it should be like that all the time, personally, because their their nightfall rotation has been terrible. It's been freaking terrible. So I think it's a great change. I think they should leave it. Uh Community gamers. That was a long rant about Gambit. Let's move on. Community gamers. Uh, I seem to always have enough enhancement cores for one character. Hence my last question. Okay. Uh, that's not... A, I don't understand what you're talking about. Uh, don't do that. Don't, like, do a follow-up comment. This is not a... Be- that's not what Q&A is for. Q&A is not meant to have a back and forth. Don't put, like, rebuttals in the Q&A form. Ask questions. Because I have... Z- I, we've talked about a lot. I have zero clue what you're talking about. I don't remember. Uh, Iceberg, the majority of the purpose of D2 is to reach the cap of 650 power, but it sort of feels like there isn't much to do once you get to 650. The only two activities in the game you need to do to be 650 are Bergusia Forge and Scourge of the Past. Do you think there needs to be more endgame activities that require 650? I outlined an entire big long explanation and rant about difficulty, spectrum, bounties, loot pools, and all the NPCs. You probably had already submitted this question. I think my answer and that big long explanation is my answer to you. I think that once you hit 650, the game rolls over and there's a whole world that opens up to you with things to do. And while you're leveling up, I think everything should level you up to greater and lesser degrees dependent upon the content. In Flames, Cosmo recently said on a Bungie forum post that there's no current plans of removing cores from Infusion. Why do you think that is? Being this request seems to be attached to the majority of the community. I think that... As much as I like Bungie, I think they've always struggled to admit when they're wrong. They especially struggle when it's something that they've really doubled down on. And I feel like for whatever reason, Enhancement Cores is like a, it's like this crossed arms, like, uh uh-uh situation. There's even content creators to this day that just dig their heels in on it. And it's like, even Datto changes position on it. You know what I'm saying? Like, everybody's kind of looked at it and said, this isn't exactly what we meant when we wanted Infusion to be not super easy. We wanted Infusion to be somewhat painful, but Infusion is a, ma- is a matter of player volition. They're still leveling up. Their sidearm is 650. The gun they want to use is 640. The sidearm being 650 has already raised their power level, whether or not they equip it or not. You're just, you're just frustrating player volition. It is stupid. It's a loot-based game, and you're basically saying, sorry, we want to put hurdles in between you and just equipping gear that you like. It's dumb. So get it out of there. Now, oh, they don't have any plans? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pluck this string on this banjo until they get it out of there because it's stupid. I right now, I'm just, instead of investing in my gear and, and masterworking my armor, I'm just saving them all. Why? Because I'm just going to be able to infuse like crazy when the update comes. I got to go from 650 to 700. So what am I doing? I'm not doing the end game investment in my gear called masterwork. 
I'm I'm just sitting on a pile. It's stu- it's stupid. It, and I think maybe they're going to look and assess like where's the community at? How many people have masterwork core piles? What's the average pile of the community? What are they going to need? I think the increased interval of leveling is also going to be a problem. You're getting bigger jumps, so you're needing to infuse more often. You're getting, you're getting more primes, you're getting more jumps, you're getting bigger jumps. There's going to be a need to infuse more often. Because as soon as the new power level is 700, if you're not 650, you're going to hit 650 faster, which means your need to infuse is going to increase, which means your frustration is going to go up. Quit kicking dirt in the face of people that want to play your game because of some stupid sentimentality about making infusion painful. Like... It's not good for the game or the community. No one, except for a small percentage of people, thinks that it's good for the game. And the people that think it's good for the game, they're so biased in their position on it. Just read how they defend it. Oh, play like I play. I never struggle to have masterwork cores. Thank you for admitting it's not a pain point for you, and therefore it invalidates your position. <laughs> like, I get so, I'm, I, I legit get frustrated about this. We're trying to maintain a player base, make the game accessible. Luke Smith himself said they're working on catch-up mechanics for people that get behind. Masterwork cores, enhancement cores being an infusion. It ain't helping with that, Luke. Get him out of there. If you're always using power level bumps as a value point for your your free, every season that's free, if that's your value point, that value point gets diminished and kicked square nuts when you got enhancement cores attached to infusion. Get them the frick out of there. I could get 50 plus cores in an hour. You are so full of crap. Like... Unless you're talking about the manipulation of spider's currency, which not a lot of people can do that. That's not... The, the natural earn rate of cores is not 50 an hour unless you're manipulating the currency with spider, which almost nobody can do that. So again, you're, you're giving an example that's, that's, that's totally bias-laden. Saving Annihilator. This is in regards to Anthem. Feel free to skip if inappropriate. Uh, Destiny and Warframe have this problem of getting so strong, everything is trivialized. Do you feel Anthem will avoid this with their tiers of difficulty? Yes, and they said they're even open to the idea of doing more levels of Grandmaster. So they've got a lot of flexibility. The game's got good elasticity. When you build a game to work within a structure of difficulty spectrum like Diablo and Anthem, you got elasticity. So, um, why so salty? Nobody's salty. You created your account 25 minutes ago. Get the frick out of my channel. You're a liar and an idiot. Who is Revel? Who are, uh, we are all aware of your dislike of Destiny PvP. With that being said, what would it take for you to become reinvested in PvP? Is it even possible? Reinvested is the wrong word. I never was invested. It's, so it's, I mean, it's, that's not even the right word. I've never been invested in Destiny's PvP. Now there's, there's player sentimentality in, in there. I played Call of Duty for 10 years. I got burned out on 6v6 PvP. Ugh. And the type of t- PvP that I liked wasn't the kind that is in Destiny. So that that's just not going to happen for me. I just, I don't care. I don't. And 
I don't know. I, I feel like a lot of the people that get like a big chest about PvP are usually just like trolls. And the people that really do like it and really want to see it get better, I feel bad for them because I feel like it's always been just a weird place. It's always struggled to land well. Um, but it's never been appealing to me. It's never been something I wanted to dump my time into. It's struggle. It's like as a streamer, right? As a streamer, I struggle to interact if I'm playing PvP. It diminishes the quality of my content. Every time I play PvP, people are like, you're not bad, why don't you play? And I'm like, I don't like it. I don't like it. I was playing games, right? I was playing games with Trav, and I was in second place. He and I were competing for first and second place the one ga- uh, the one day. And... Uh, in the one game, we were competing for first place. We kept trading places, and he beat me at the last second. And I was annoyed the whole time. I was in second place, not just on my team, but for the whole server. And I, I was annoyed the entire time. <laughs> like, it was... I, You know what I mean? So, to, for, for me, it was like... I, It just doesn't... It's just not enjoyable, you know? Most people don't like PvP because they can't play. I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, and you were drunk. Well, yeah, but still, anytime I play PvP, I put up decent numbers. I'm at the top of the leaderboard and I'm not having fun. So that's my sentimentality. I, and there's a lot of things making it really hard for me to suddenly change my mind because there's a lot of things in PvP that are annoying, even to people that like it. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? If if the people that like it are getting annoyed, how do you think I'm going to feel when I go over there? <laughs> you know? No, Crimson Days got pushed back to next week. The Sweaty Red. Some of my clan members disagree on this topic, and I'm curious to see how you feel. How did you feel about the clan Ingram rewards being directly associated to the activity completed? For example, if clanmates finish a raid or a trials card, everyone else gets in the clan actually received a piece of the raid or the trials loot. I personally didn't have a huge problem with this as long as there was an entirely separate loot pool. Uh, okay, you, you, you basically wrote War and Peace. It chopped off your question. Okay, here's the thing. I can give you my thoughts on this. It's a good question. It was a terrible idea, and they got rid of it because it was garbage. Um, that's, that's as nicely as I can put it. In a loot-based game, you were getting endgame loot for literally flying to the social space. I spent 13 hours in the Leviathan raid. Some of that was because of the glitches and bugs, because it's it's such an optimized and, you know, such a well-designed raid. We were in there for 13 hours. I got one gun and nothing, and, and like an armor piece, I think. One gun and one armor piece. Some guy wakes up the next morning, wipes the sleep out of his eye, okay? He wipes the wipes sleep out of his eye, boots up Destiny, goes to the tower, and he got a gun. He got the gun I wanted at the time. I forget what it was. I think it was the Pulse or something, or the auto rifle. He didn't, he didn't do anything. He was sleeping, you know? He was sleeping. That's, that is literal garbage in a loot-based game. It was one of the dumbest things I've ever seen them implement, ever. Ever. <laughs> oh hey, we went we went and played some trials and got trial stuff. Here's free trials gear. It just is it's it's mind-numbingly stupid. If I go and I farm for a warden's law over and over and over and over again, you don't deserve a warden's law because you're in my clan. <laughs> you know? 
We finally we we took somebody through. Is somebody is somebody jump? Is somebody okay? This guy's just running around. Um, I thought somebody wanted me to say hello. If we had a guy that we took through and he got the uh, sins of the past rocket launcher, and I was like, dude, that's actually one of the really good drops in the raid, man. Congrats! It was his first Leviathan completion, and he said, yeah, I got one a couple weeks ago from a clan Ingram. Say what now? Imagine Fatebringer. Imagine any of the the fa- Genesis chain being like, "Oh man, you got one! Nice, dude. Your first clear. What what kind of luck is that?" Yeah, I've had it for like a month. You know, I went to the tower. I hadn't really been playing Destiny, and I went to the tower, and uh, this chick named Hawthorne, uh, she had a gun for me. This is pretty awesome. Stupid. Like, I'm so glad they got rid of it. It was, I could not believe people defended it. I was like, are you, what what game are we playing here? You know? Why not just do this? Welcome to Destiny. You paid $60. We don't want you to have to do anything with your time. We don't want to actually invest in the game and, and feel a sense of value and loyalty to the game because of the time you put in. And then that is represented by what you look like and what gear you're carrying. Just show up to the tower. Yes, that's right. Stand right there. Okay, here they come. Here comes the loot parade. Hi, welcome. You can't play that much and you're a whiner. Here's endgame stuff. Here's endgame loot. All you did was come to the tower. Free loot for everyone. Like, just call it Destiny Parade. And then that's that's that'd be the end of the game. That'd be it. Yay! I got Destiny and went to the tower and I got endgame loot. Like, it's just silly. Instant calm. Do you think trials will or should return? If it does, it needs to be 3v3 elimination. They need to yank a half the maps out. Uh, they need to yank half the maps out of the game. And if they do that then I think they could get to a good place. A lot of the maps wouldn't work very well for 3v3 at Elim, but I think 3v3 Elim would be the way to do it. They, um... They, but I still think they need to do that. Now, the other thing they need to consider is just the meta. Like, the meta needs to settle down. The meta needs to get to a better place. But at, the, at a ground level, I think 3v3 Elim, there's just a sauce there. There's a special sauce. You get a pick, you collapse. If you're getting collapsed on, you gotta defend against it. Uh, you can't control lanes as easily because there's only three of you, so you can get pushed from one side, flanked from one side, etc. So, uh, 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 galaxy beams. Uh, would a pinnacle weapon created just for clans that the clan can all vote on to get at max tier would suffice as a good reason to stick with the clan? You you did what I called swinging too hard. Like you can't give a le- you can't do that. No, 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 no. That's too much. That. Even if they streamline getting into clans, I don't think this is where you want to take clans. We're introducing the uh, the doomsday the doomsday bomb. It's a really nice rocket launcher, pinnacle uh, pinnacle roll on it, and you have to be in a clan to get it. That wouldn't work. Well, it could be not that good. Then what in the world is the freaking point? You know what I'm saying? What is the point? It it uh, it it wouldn't it wouldn't incentivize anything. No, you cannot say that word in chat. You cannot say that word in chat. He spelled it the same way you would spell the country in Africa. So try and pay attention. Uh, Gabster, 2000. Uh, He's still an idiot and we banned him, but he didn't spell the actual word. Uh, Gabster, 2000. Are year one catalysts still able to be gotten? They're going to bring back some of those. They said we don't know when and how. We we don't know when and how. Uh, Rated Draconize. Uh, Do you believe... Um, 
do you believe guided games is salvageable i have a whole talk on guided games uh you're saying better rewards willing clans i like the idea of glowing flashing armor yeah i said that there's a handful of things they could do to make uh guided games um better and you could say that you get infinite loot drops when you do guided games so you could do your three and you get those three that are powerful and then after you get those three that are powerful, you could keep getting chances at loot drops if you go into guided games, as long as you're playing with people that you haven't played with before. Like, it would definitely need to limit it so people couldn't cheese it. Uh, I am Prout. Why not use the farm as a clan space that already exists and you can make it relevant again? I like where your head's at. Do it. Ship it. Like, you could decorate it. You could do different things. You could rebuild the farm as a clan. I love it. Uh, Coco says... What do you think Bungie could do to incentivize guided games? Just answer this question. Uh, Sven Raged. Not sure if this has been asked yet, but what are your thoughts about showing off our clan to some variety, whether with similar a gun or armor? This is literally in the talk. I said you could design your own shader and use the elements that you use on your clan banner to design emblems for each clan level that you unlock. Nate, lame and small thing, but do you feel there should be more unique class items? I feel like D2 misses the mark, pun intended. Ha <laughs> ha I don't know what you mean. I think the class items look really cool, but that's an opinion. Big Schultz, what about guns like the Mita Multi and Mita Mini Tool? Mita Mini Tool, sorry. Uh, do you think we should see more guns with perks like these? I think you could do something where... Nobody's using the Graviton Lance, but what if you paired the Graviton Lance with the Fusion Rifle? What if they got, like, a stupid buff? Suddenly you're using a weapon that's considered to be... Well, the the Graviton Lance would have to be in a different slot. What if you paired the Graviton Lance with a Linear Fusion? And Linear Fusion's got a huge buff, you know, called, you know, Power of Cosmology or something. I... I think you'd need to do something like that. I would want to pair it with exotics because there's so many exotics that people are like, why the frick would I use this? But they could say, oh, hey, uh, if you pair the Polaris Lance with the grenade launcher, your grenade launcher gets blah, blah, blah. Something like that. Because then you could really come and develop loadouts that are that are sort of thought out, but not forced, just something fun that you could do. But what about PvP, right? There's there's always the lingering problem. Every good idea gets every every good idea is a boat that gets shot right in the bottom by PvP, you know? Uh Blood Blood Vash with two months of subs. Thank you so much. Uh Robbie, did I thank you for your three months? And Vanity Light, I think I I think I got all those. Midnight Vulture, I think I got yours too. Thank you for all those resubs. Um Stormcrow, I feel like the mouth quest was much more well designed than the last word quest, aside from the meatball RNG. What do you think? I think they were both fine. I don't have strong opinions about either. Uh, James, now Bungie and Activision have split. Can you see a more D1 approach by Bungie? Longer dry spells, bigger DLCs. I have a hard time believing that they split with Activision suddenly, so the structure of the annual pass the message of the annual pass is no more droughts. It'd be really weird to do all that if they knew in the back of their mind, we're going to have to go through a big drought. Now, maybe they just said, this is the best we can do right now. We'll just have to change the language. Like once we get to the new drought, uh, thank you for the thousand bits. Um, PS Vita or Vita. 
you know, maybe they just said, look, we're, we, we've, we've got to take it on the chin. A, a year from now, we're going to have to tell everybody, listen, we really wanted to give you guys this annual pass drip feed. It really informed what we want to do with the next game, but we're going to have to take a time where we're not delivering anything substantive because we want to work on the next game. Like, that level of transparency, I think, is totally fine, but I don't know if... I don't know if they're even going to need to do that. Maybe they're going to have the bandwidth to do annual pass, you know, end of 2019 into 2020. Maybe they could do another one, you know? Next question from Fuzzbounce. What do you think about people immediately complaining whenever quests or items are even slightly difficult? In year one, one of the biggest complaints was that nothing was special because everything was easy and quick to get. But now in year two, quests keep getting nerfed because people complain they're too hard. People want special, rare, and unique items in theory but are not willing to put in the effort. This is why I think leaning into random rolls, bounties, and loot pursuit is so much better than questline items. Okay? It's more about the chase. It's more about the awe. It's more about the loot pursuit than it is about, oh, I got to do a bunch of check, you know, a check, check a bunch of boxes. Stop, mama. Thank you for the food, babe. Oh, you did? Okay. She put a Valentine's Day cookie on my plate. Um, the, I got very distracted there. Sorry. The, 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 uh, the, uh, What's happening here? This oh yeah, so questline items. I I think that they um, I think questline items do that. People are like, and they look at all the things they have to do. I think loot pursuits just more. There's more of a romance to it. There's more of a oh, if you want it, chase it. And I I don't know. I I really feel like questline items are always going to get that kind of criticism. If you're going to do a questline item, a questline exotic then I do think it needs to have a certain measure of investment and challenge. And if people are going to complain about that, I, you know, that just seems kind of dumb. Digo with two months, welcome back. Krizik, do you think it could be a good idea to add armor sets with perks that specifically complement each other, aka Pinnacle Armor? I don't know what pain point you're meeting when you do this, because we're already super strong. So... Other than doing something like, if you wear a full set of this, maybe it unlocks some attunement, so you have like a new ability, but it's it's not crazy, it's just like, oh, this is kind of nice, an extra melee, an extra grenade, that undercuts exotics though, so that, that, that kind of gets hairy, doesn't it? Um... I don't know what to tell you. We just don't need strength right now. We don't. We need weapon diversity, loot diversity, but we don't need strength. And I think that's one of the challenges, right? What are you going to add to my armor that I'm going to be like, yo, I'm so glad I got that. You know, is that a thing? Um, it's just, it's just a, it's just a challenge. I think to, to make that an investment path that matters, it'd have to be like, if you wear this full set, you get you get the strength of the IO or you get like whispers from IO benefit. And whispers from IO benefit would you know, when you throw out a grenade, maybe many taken sprites pop out of your grenade. Just something little like that. Something little, it makes a little bit of a difference. It's not game changing. It's not going to make you kill bosses faster or anything, but you're like, "Oh, that's kind of cool. That's kind of neat." I, you know, I want to get a full IO set. That's a little neat little flourish there. You, you know, I think NPCs with rank and you earning stuff like that would be cool too. Like emotes, weapon, weapon ornaments, 
things that make you look different. So anything from IO, an ornament from IO would make your weapon look maybe takenified or maybe have just like taken like glow to it because, you know, because of Asher and what, what happens on IO. I think that'd be good too. Just because then you're, you are investing in cosmetics, but it would be, it would, there would be a sense of progression that you're, you know, you're chasing stuff on the planet while doing that as well. Um, so. Vicious spell. Not sure if Aster's spoken on already, but do you think clan rewards should be locked behind the amount of people within the clan to level it up? Because if there's only like 10 people in the clan who play regularly, they won't be able to level up. I answered this. I think it should tier down. At, at, at like, at 25 clan members or less, you should be getting, you should only need to get like 25% of the required XP. 50 members or less, 50%. Um, now that would get kind of weird. As soon as you hit 50, it should require you to get 50%. As soon as you hit 25, it should require you to get at least... The bottom barrel would have to be like 25%, and then 75. That way, if you have a clan that has like 28 members, you only need to get 25% of the required XP. Because a a clan with 100 members hits it in an afternoon. A clan with 25 members, 28 members, and 10 are active, you're going to really struggle, and I think they could ratio it down depending on how many clan members you have. That might make you kick in active people, though. Another reason to remove the cap, right? Just fill fill the clan up, and as people come and go with their activity, their activity and their their sense of investment, you know, you could still get stuff. Directs uh, Directs Uh thoughts on Bungie removing raids and letting us raid with a hundred people. Um, what? Thoughts on Bungie removing raids and letting us raid with hundreds of people? Get rid of milestones and let us level up with only primes and some bounties. Uh, maybe two or three. Let us level up slow and let us have stuff to do. Well, like the second half of your question actually makes sense, so I'm going to take that one. I do think leveling up with anything in the game is better. I think that's better. I don't think you want to just limit it to primes and bounties. I like the idea of anything you do in the game. Your first half of your question, I think, is just maybe you were confused. I don't know. Krizik says, What if when you invade and kill someone with, let's say, 10 moats? And then they get killed immediately after. If the invader drops the amount of moats that he just made the other team lose, this is too nuanced. I don't know how this would play out. I don't like getting into super specific uh, recommendations like this. I don't know if the moat drop thing is the real issue. I think maybe having an opportunity or a window to recover dropped moats would be helpful, but it would have to be done in the right way as to not nullify everything that the invader just did. Because if he comes over and he kills two people and he runs out of time and you get all the moats back, maybe a percentage, maybe half the moats are on the ground so you could recover a little bit. Oh my gosh, we just lost 18 moats. Well, go run through the pile. Man, he's gone. We'll get nine back, you know. Uh, I am condemned. Overall, how happy are you with the clan system? I personally feel it's a bit lackluster. I love its implementation into the game, but they just need to expand upon it. That's what the entire talk was about. Freight Train. I think Bungie should implement a system like Division's global world levels. I think it'd be uh, a smart way for me to choose difficulty and rewards to shoot for. Thoughts? I outline this entire idea in this Q&A about raising the power level and having a reason to do that. And once you hit max level, the whole world changes. There's bounties and things that you can't even do unless you do exactly that. So I already outlined this. Banshee, do you think in Gambit, if you deposit 15 moats and you get 15 seconds of wall hacks? I, it's This is too specific. 25 moats is 25 seconds. 
I why? I guess you would bank and then be able to hunt down the invader. Mm, I could see that maybe helping. I just don't know what. I, I don't think increasing the amount of people that have wall hacks would help us. Toddless, should they bring back the res warlock? No. Death Starfish, Morning Lono. Not sure if you covered this, but clan rewards seem to be the perfect spot for certain titles and cosmetic rewards. I didn't think about titles. Uh, I don't know what else could be a clan reward. I outlined the clan rewards in the talk, and I've answered a question about the shaders and the emblems multiple times, but I, I didn't think about titles. That's a good suggestion. Uh, especially if, like, maybe you're the heavy hitter every week and you contribute a bunch to the clan, the clan's, uh, you know, XP. You could get a title at the end of the uh, at the end of the season, and if and if you play later in the week and you guys have already hit that week's clan XP allotment, you could still contribute to XP and it could still track that and it could still give you credit for the title at the end of the season. Uh, Hellfree says, "I really don't like how shaders are in D two. Do you like D one or D two shaders? I love D two shaders. The fact that I can put them on guns, individual armor pieces. I just really want to be able to rotate a shader." I think rotating a shader is like would be one of the coolest quality of life updates they could add. So when I put Crimson Valor on here, I would like to be able to do this, preview it, and then come up here and push a button to rotate it. So it rotates the color application. So red and black and dark red and brown all switch places. That would give you four different applications on every item. It's just color by number. It's just pulling from this square. So rotating the color application, I think, would be a really, really cool way to say, oh, yo, look at this one, man. It's purple. Let me check this one out. Oh, well, it only really puts purple on his legs. Well, you could go to his chest piece and you could rotate the color application so there's more purple on the chest piece because right now it's just highlights. But down here, it's a big chunk of his legs. Do you see what I'm saying? Each piece you could go to and you could rotate it and get it exactly where you want it. That would be another super dope layer of customization that I don't think would, would, I don't think it'd be that hard for them to do that. Creepy guy, do you think Destiny needs to split PvE and PvP? Yeah, I've made this point hundreds of times. It'd be a huge benefit to the game, and I think that if they, they if they build Destiny 3, like from the ground up in a new engine, this is an absolute must to really dig in on the power fantasy and leave our precious exotics, supers, and awesome weapons. Like, they need to leave them alone. Uh, PS Vita. They should do like D1 raid where you wear a full set of gear and you move faster with the orb or something. Well, you don't need to wear a full set. In Wrath, different pieces did different things. Intrinsic intrinsic raid perks needs to come back. I don't understand why they don't do it. I, the random raid mods that drop from chests and stuff are too sparse and they're super influential. So you put them on anything. But I, I do think intrinsic raid perks is needed. Uh, Papatez says, I was thinking about titles. Do you think they could be explained... Oh, expanded to do more things that we do in the game, like Lost Sectors public events. I don't care that much about uh, titles, but they could definitely expand it so that, like, the more you do, the more you get. You know, there's more things for you uh, to to get that to get that benefit. You know, so. And Noth says, "What do you think about infusing a system of armor perks?" See, a lot of people have asked about this. I think this is a better option than 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 transmog. I would never want to look at someone's like set and be like, "Oh wow, you have enhanced perks on, on that on that set. Where did you get that?" Oh well, I know it looks like the IO chess piece, but it's actually a Reverie Dawn chess piece. But I I I transmogged it to look like this. No, armor comes and drops from where it drops. And if you want to change the perks with the perk infusion system, I would be okay with that. It would need to be costly. 
I would also like to see the ability to take a regular perk up to enhanced with enhancement cores. This is you investing in the gear. This is a better execution of enhancement cores than what we presently have. And I would like to see it. Perk infusion and raising perks up from normal to enhanced versions would be a great way, I think, to give, again, more personalization and essentially, you know, get what people are asked for when they ask for transmog. Will there be a last work catalyst? What would it do? I don't think they're going to do catalyst for all the exotics. I think that was a that was a that was a band aid. They did that temporarily to give us a sense of power in pursuit at a time when there wasn't anything going on in the game. I don't think catalysts are going to be standard on all armor pieces and weapons because it's just so random. You can kind of see that it wasn't meant to be a normal a normal thing that's always in place. So. We're going to keep streaming. I'm going to chop the Q&A there. Thank you for all the great questions. 57 great questions. Appreciate everybody's contribution. Uh, if you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, come on in right now. I'm probably live. Twitch.tv slash say no to rage. If I'm not live, click the heart button and follow me. That way you don't miss these. If you're here and you haven't clicked the heart button, the follow button, and you're watching live right now, do that. I'll keep taking your questions. I just saw somebody submit another one, but I'm going to do the outro for the podcast. If you're listening or watching this in all the other locations, I greatly appreciate that. Please like, share, and subscribe.